0: The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net.
1: Middle Tennessee sports today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Welcome
0: back into Southern Middle Tennessee sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. So happy that you have decided to hang out with us on this Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon or whatever time you may be listening to this show on the podcast or on Facebook Live, maybe you are going back and watching the show on Facebook Live. Or, and so it's Facebook recorded now. <laughs> it's up to you. It's however you want to do it. You know, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us and all our friends in Franklin County on WZYX is the Eagle. Appreciate you guys. Really excited this morning to talk about some college hoops. We are a little early in the process but I think the field is becoming clearer by the day and so we thought what better time than now before the Southeastern Conference Tournament starts and uh, just after day one of the OVC tournament etc to bring in someone who knows what they're talking about (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So joining us this morning on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, we have CBS Sports Bracketologist Jerry Palm. Jerry, welcome in to the show. Thanks for joining us.
2: Oh, Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you guys. Hey, thanks, Jerry. You
3: too. The, The question I need to ask before we ask any others is, how does one become a bracketologist?
2: Well, you know, you grew up, first of all, wanting to be one and then uh, then you go to school and get, you know advanced <laughs> degrees in bracketology study for years uh, Yeah, you know, my, uh, it's funny because uh, my degree is computer science and I went, I went to Purdue and that's about the time I was graduating is around the time that they invented the RPI at the NCAA it came uh, more to my attention in 94 when I had a new computer and a new database program and this internet thing was just getting started and um and I uh they, they had changed the formula that year and I thought, Oh, maybe I'll try and calculate those numbers and um see if I can throw it together and figure out what it is and what it does. And uh long story short, um uh, I guess people cared. <laughs> I didn't really think anybody would. You know, I I was gonna do this geeky little thing for my own sort of technical education to help advance my career in computers. And the next thing you know, I'm a sports writer and hosting websites and going to tournament games and talking on the radio <laughs> all the time. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird, um, what it's kind of what you call a non traditional career path into journalism, but uh, it, it just one I end up combining all of my passions into one thing as a hobby, and I just kept saying yes to people, and the next thing I know, it's a job.
3: That's, <laughs> that's pretty fascinating to say the least, and it sounds kind of like the perfect storm, you know, with um – um,
2: It really was. That That's a good, good uh, description of it. You know, it's just I happen to be the right guy at the right time with the right idea and didn't set out for it to become a job. Never, ever thought it would become a job. I you just saw that. I'll just share this information, see if anybody likes it.
3: Well, You know what they say, do what you love and you'll never have to work a day in your life. So um, obviously you true. you managed to figure that out and that's fantastic because I've been following you for a pretty good while and, and I know I'm certainly not alone. But um, as Chris was saying, we've got the Ohio Valley Conference Tournament going into their second day today and everybody in this area that's concerned with that, well with the exception of Chris who's concerned with Jacksonville State, everybody else is <laughs> concerned with... Um, Belmont um you know they, they lost two games late in their final two games of the regular season but really a stellar year they're going to be penalized because of the fallout from the pandemic and not being able to play a more wide-ranging schedule aren't they
2: well I guess I mean I, I heard I don't remember now what they had originally on their schedule. I'm sure they had some better games on it. A lot of teams lost games, uh, especially in the non-conference part of the schedule because the season started three weeks later. Uh, but nobody played shorter conference schedules. So, you know, a lot of non-conference games were lost. Um, it's not just Belmont, but it hurts teams like Belmont more because there are opportunities to, to prove themselves. Um, I It's hard to say if they're hurt by it because you don't know if they'd have won the game. You know, if they had like four good games on their schedule and they lose them all, you're not really hurt by it then. Um, But you're hurt by missing the opportunity, I suppose. But Belmont, either way, in either of those situations, would still have to win their league to get into the NCAA tournament, if that's the case now. They're going to have to win the the conference to get in. Um, And then maybe dangerous when they get there. But, uh, you know, that's that's the nature of the beast. They're going to have to win the league.
0: And that, and that's not unusual. I mean, obviously is definitely never. I'm not sure the OVC will ever be a multi bid league. That being said, that's, in your that's funny, latest, they were in
2: 2019, uh, th- our very last tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Belmont got the last at large bid in in our most recent tournament. Um, but Was they it you Belmont know, they got they, the they at large. Team. Yeah,
3: Belmont, Belmont, Belmont got the at large. Murray. They were the
2: last team in Murray in 2019. What? Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. They were. Um, um, in your
0: most recent bracket, you have them as a 14 seed. Uh, is that. They'll probably
2: do better is, than is that, that if they win.
0: If they win the tournament, you think they'll, they'll be a little bit better than that? That was my question. Yes. Yeah. Could they play their way into a little bit higher seed?
2: Yeah. I, if they win the Ohio Valley, they'll probably be, I would say, no worse than a 13. It could even be a 12, depending on, on things like upsets in other leagues that you know maybe drop some teams down and push them up uh, from other leagues but uh, i think yeah sure. belmont will be probably playing a four or a five seed in the opening round and that's that'll be one unhappy four or five seed probably having to play belmont because belmont's a team with tournament experience in their program and not going to be worried about playing some you know big name team whatever that they'll go out there and try and take it to them
3: Jerry, I've kind of got a philosophy about seeding, and and I developed it while I was following my alma mater, Middle, Middle Tennessee State. Um, I kind of feel like for a mid-major, maybe that 11 seed is that sweet spot, just from the standpoint that if you're a 12, you're going to catch a 5, and and... I think what you're trying to do is position yourself to make the deepest run in the postseason you can make. So you want to try to stay away from a 1 or a 2 as long as you can. If you are, you know, a 12, then you're going to catch a 5, and you've got a 1 looming out there. I I, I kind of think that 11, where you play a 6, and then you play a 3 to get into the sweet 16, that that just kind of strikes me as where you want to be, realistically.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, your, your 11 is definitely um, a better spot than a 12 or a 13, and some would say even better than an 8 or a 9. You'd rather that's- be like an 11 than an 8 or a 9. Um, that's Because yeah, your pass to the second weekend of the tournament is probably easier that way. Uh, but then you have to actually you know, earn that, uh, and that's going to be hard to do for Belmont this year to get to that point. Um, to, to be an eleven would doesn't seem realistic, but I suppose you never know what the committee will do. But um, but you're right, eleven. You know, you get to play a six. That's a pretty winnable game. But a lot of twelves beat five. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not unusual either. Uh, but you know, and, and that's because the usually the bottom of the at large pool is a twelve. So you know that's that's where the the lowest at large teams are going to be, and your better uh, champions from typically one-bid leagues are in that area as well. And then as you go down from there, the gap in quality between the teams on each line gets bigger. So uh, 12s and 11s are, are pretty good spots to be uh, if you're going to try and make a run, especially 11s, uh, into the NCAA tournament.
3: Are we playing the play this time? I'm obviously, they're not yes. going to be at Dayton. but um, No.
2: Everything's in Indiana. Um, so the first four games this year, the play-in games, uh, instead of being Tuesday and Wednesday, are going to be on Thursday, all four of them. Uh, two will be played at Assembly Hall in Bloomington, where Indiana plays. And the other two will be played at Mackey Arena, uh, where Purdue plays. Uh, so that's about an hour south of Indy and an hour north of Indy. And then um, uh, and then after that, there'll be a, a few first-round games at those two sites as well, but then everything else will be played in Indiana.
3: Sounds like gotcha paradise if if you're in it indiana yeah. <laughs>
2: well I, it is for me because i live uh i live in northwest indiana which is basically the suburban chicago part of indiana but i went to purdue my wife is from indianapolis and i've had family there so you know it's it's a home game for me uh, to have the entire tournament here so i'm pretty excited about it
3: that that sounds that sounds like <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun yeah yeah i mean um pandemic Guidelines notwithstanding, um, mm-hmm. we're visiting on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jerry Palm, bracketologist for CBS Sports, as we um, consider the, the NCAA tournament. First, we've got the SEC tournament um, for interested college basketball folks in these parts. That starts up next week here um, in Nashville. Jerry, um, two questions. How many coming out of the SEC, and what do you make of Tennessee?
2: (laughs) Well, uh, it looks like it's going to be six out of the SEC, um, Alabama and Arkansas. Alabama having a fantastic season. And Arkansas, arguably one of the hottest teams in the country right now. Uh, After that, a group that includes Tennessee, Missouri, Florida – um, all of the, about the same part of the bracket, right around the top 25, the bottom of the top 25. The 25th team in the bracket is a seven seed, so you're talking about six and seven seeds for for that group of teams right now. And of course, Tennessee plays Florida uh, to end the regular season before the SEC tournament. Um, so that's an important game, maybe for seeding. And then LSU uh, stepped behind that, uh, but I don't think I think they're done with the regular season. LSU is. Um, so even a bad loss in the conference tournament, I wouldn't knock them all the way out of the NCAA tournament, but they're playing more of a like a middle-of-the-bracket team in an 8-9 game or something like that.
3: I know Chris wants to ask you is, about Alabama.
0: It, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Is, is Alabama – do they need to win a game or two in the SEC tournament to solidify that two-seed, or are they pretty close to, to having it?
2: No, it's a it's a competitive spot of the bracket. The the two line is pretty competitive. The three line is pretty competitive. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, Alabama's not out of play for a one. You know the, the Illinois has got the fourth one seed at the moment, but Ohio State's right on their heels. Those two teams play Saturday in Columbus to end the regular season. Iowa is also on the two line, so that's three Big Ten teams. Uh, West Virginia's in there, uh, and Alabama's in there. And if those three Big Ten teams beat each other up, and Michigan ends up winning the Big Ten tournament, so uh, Illinois or Ohio State ends up taking two losses, the other takes one, and Iowa takes one, you know, now it might open the door uh, for Alabama or for a Big Twelve team that's not Baylor that gets hot and wins the Big Twelve tournament because that league is very strong at the top as well. So uh, Alabama's not out of play for a one. Uh, As uh, they'd probably have to, you know, win this weekend and win the SEC tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, to be to remain in play for a one uh, Anything short of that They could drop to a three It really depends on what these teams do You can't analyze seating in a vacuum Because it's never just about you It's always about um, also right. what other teams are doing around you So for Alabama If they don't win the SEC tournament I, I don't think they win the SEC tournament And drop from a two that, That's not going to happen So if they don't win the SEC tournament Then they gotcha. would be vulnerable to dropping down But it would depend on who they beat in the tournament, and who ultimately beats them.
0: A lot I'm, of, mo- lot of a moving parts. I'm surprised oh, Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I- I'm a little surprised by this Arkansas three seed.
2: <laughs> well, they've, they've earned it, though. I mean, they've had they a really good year. It's it just- been quiet, you know, but uh, well, until lately, it's been quiet. You know, lately, there's nothing quiet about what Arkansas has been doing because they've been doing very well. Um, but that's a, that's a team, you know, they've got five losses. That's it. They, they beat Alabama. They won at Missouri. They beat Florida. They beat LSU. They've got some good wins. They don't have anything that resembles a bad loss. Now, they're probably at their ceiling, um, short of winning the SEC tournament and, and beating Alabama to do that. Uh, you know, that's, that's where they could get some boost. I think if even if they win the SEC tournament, they don't beat Alabama – They're probably – it's going to be hard for them to get up past that three line. Uh, But um, Arkansas has had a really good season and had a very good run of play of late. Uh, uh, They they might be dangerous when the tournament actually gets here.
0: You're exactly right. I I just went – you know, when I saw it, I go, Arkansas, wow. And then you – like you said, recent recentism, especially for us, is is impressive because you want to be playing your best basketball at this particular time, and Arkansas is doing just that. I mean, like you said, yeah, they've, they've beaten Florida, they've beaten Alabama, they, they've and they've got Texas A and M this week, uh, right? Which could just you know propel them right into the the SEC tournament and
2: on a roll. Could be so crazy. The, the, the thing to, to be careful of though is that the committee doesn't care how you're playing lately, as they think. You know, how you're playing at the end of the year doesn't really matter to the committee except in that, you know, if you're playing well at the end of the year, you're you're winning games that help your resume. So that part matters, the games that you're playing and winning that help your resume. The fact that it's at the end of the year doesn't matter to the committee. It just uh, happens to be that's what Arkansas is doing.
3: If you're on the bubble, how concerned are you with a Kentucky team getting hot and winning the tournament? the SEC tournament
2: exactly you know it's funny because people think of bid stealers as you know somebody like you know Loyola or you know uh, somebody in a smaller conference winning and then the regular season champion gets in too and that is in fact what it, it typically happens for bid stealers but it can happen in a major conference as well and it's happened in the SEC before I think Arkansas made a run from like a double-digit seed in the SEC tournament uh, years ago and ended up winning it and getting into the tournament and knocking somebody out uh, because they had to make room for Arkansas. And if Kentucky is able to do that, um, they're, they're not getting in any other way. They're not knocking <laughs> an SEC team out. Uh, so it would be a seventh SEC team, and somebody at the bottom of the bracket is going to end up in the NIT. And, uh, and if you're one of those teams, yeah, I'd be worried about Kentucky because the talent's been there all year. Talent is not the problem in Kentucky. They have the talent to win the SEC tournament, you know, but they haven't once looked like a team capable of that.
3: Haven't looked like Kentucky,
2: basically. <laughs> yeah, the, the name on the front. Watching that team play with that with those uniforms on is a bit disconcerting. <laughs> um,
3: we're visiting with Jerry Palm, bracketologist from CBS Sports, here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. Um. Jerry, expanding your view just a little bit, is there anybody nationally, you know, kind of talking about that bid stealer type situation? Is there—is there anybody else that's just jumping out at you as somebody who could really create some issues for bubble teams?
2: You know, I don't really have anyone, um, but it's more likely to come from a bigger conference this year because the, the smaller conferences, um, the the teams that have the better uh, you know teams at the top where maybe you know if somebody else won the league like the Missouri Valley where you've got Loyola and Drake that have had really good seasons but are still w- bubble teams both of them you know if like Missouri State wins that championship it might end up knocking Loyola and Drake both out of the bracket not in the big stealer sense but because both of them took a loss and they're right on the cut line and so somebody else ends up being an at-large team. Uh, You can see something similar in the Atlantic 10 with St. Bonaventure and VCU and St. Louis all among the last five or six teams in my bracket. Uh, St. Louis is in, uh, sorry, St. Bonaventure is currently the top seed in the tournament. So they're in my bracket as an automatic qualifier, not an at-large. But if they lose, they may fall all the way out of the bracket. Somebody like Richmond or uh, Davidson wins that tournament. They could knock one or two, of those teams out, and it's uh, uh, you know it's, it's a bid feeling in a sense, but they might be bid feeling from themselves.
0: Hmm. That's it's not ideal. <laughs> 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 not ideal at all. Oh man, Th- this is this is really interesting. That the the tournament will be played basically on the s- the same schedule. Kind of as they typically would, despite being in the same city, uh, they're they're gonna wait five days between the second round and the sweet sixteen. It, it, are you surprised by that?
2: No, not really. Uh, it gives the teams a chance to recover a little bit, uh, you know, maybe even get a practice in, do some scouting. and I think they want to keep the tournament as normal as they possibly can. You know, you have to make accommodations for the pandemic. Simply having it all in Indiana is one thing that's not normal. But I think they want to keep the schedule as normal as they possibly could. Uh, A a lot of people were suggesting they expand the tournament this year uh, because of the pandemic. And and they were like, no, we just we want to keep things as normal and typical as we possibly can. They never considered expanding it. and, And actually, in a pandemic, that would be a bad idea, shortening the tournament making it smaller would make more sense in a pandemic than making it bigger. Uh, but they didn't consider that either. So, you know, as far as the schedule is concerned, you know, the travel obviously isn't going to be a thing. Nobody's going anywhere uh, except home when they lose. Mm-hmm. But um, I think the effort to make the tournament as normal as possible uh, is why you're seeing a schedule as close as they can to what they usually do.
0: All right. Very Very insightful. Jerry, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We really appreciate your time. Anytime. Thanks, guys. Absolutely. That's Jerry Palm, the bracketologist for CBS Sports on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today and on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. We appreciate him giving us the knowledge that we need to sound like we know what we're talking about. (laughs) When we're talking college hoops. So we will certainly be talking more about that as the SEC tournament continues. And I'm sure you'll be able to hear some of the SEC tournaments on our stations here, WKOM, WKRM on Front Porch Radio. So there's that. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, is it time for the Preds to uh, just give it up? We'll see. On Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com.
3: If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal.
0: Welcome back into the show,
1: as we are
0: halfway through hour number two on this Thursday edition of the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Really excited about the rest of the day, as I will get a chance to take in some high school basketball, not on television for the first time since uh, I've since we've 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 brought charlie home and so really excited about that and i will say that you know watching it on tv is still kind of fun well especially Sarah asked me last night especially when you run it.
3: into broadcasts like you ran into last night apparently okay oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's always because you because you're getting to watch uh,
3: basketball and you're getting a little um. Comic relief, all as the well. gossip.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know all the gossip at Joe Burns High School. <laughs> <Store right now. laughs> there you go. It's, it's oh, fantastic, man. Richland fans. Make sure you uh, you check that out tonight. It's it's on it's Joe Burns High School basketball so on Facebook. That's pretty oh, simple. Man. I I may actually go up there and uh, and. Help them out. I, I got to at least shake their hand. Hey guys, really appreciate what you do as a broadcasters. It's really <laughs> exciting. There you go.
1: Clock and score, oh, clock man. and score. Good job.
0: That's literally all you have to do. And we appreciate you more than anything. And then uh, last night, I'm, I'm, giving, I'm giving Mo score updates, and he's worse than the fans on Facebook. Score, question mark, score, question mark. Are they done, question <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, well, here's the thing. I'm asking you because somebody's asking me. Trust me, because there was, yeah, a guy, I know. there was a guy sitting behind me at Summertown who couldn't see that corner of the court any better than I could, by the way. But he, <laughs> <laughs> he was asking me, hey, do you know anything about the, the, other, the other game? That's what it was. Yeah, who's playing. It's just the other game. The other game, yeah. And so, and so once I answered him once, then, then it was on, as they say. So, um, yeah, trust yeah. me, I, I was I was blowing you up because I was being blown up. So,
0: yeah. Well, it, it was about thirty five seconds to go in the game. The the stream cut off for us. So, uh, uh, somebody wow. just is <laughs> at the door. Why is that the door? <laughs> That is that is what you get. <laughs>
1: what did we get today, Chris? What is uh, it's,
0: it? We do have some some Charlie stuff coming in the mail, so from Amazon. So okay. I'm sure that's what that is.
1: would be happy.
0: Uh, uh yeah, yeah. She's got some some stuff headed for her. You know, it's about all we buy anymore is so stuff for her. But yeah, <laughs> so I'm really excited about tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. I get a chance to to take in a game on. Live and in person, maybe even take some pictures. It'd be amazing. Um, but, as we alluded to on the other side of the break, I, I read a story um on the athletic, and reality has set in for most preds fans i think mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna i'm gonna let you how do you say adam's last name vingen Vengan. Vin, mm-hmm. see i would have said vingan
3: um <laughs> there you see that
0: since, because i'm you know country like that um Basically, Adam Vingan from The Athletic says that the fading Predators need to accept reality that it's over. You know, the, the window has closed. And it's unfortunate because you really thought if you were a Preds fan that as long as you had Pecorine, uh, Philip Forsberg, and Ryan Johansson, that the window was going to be open. Nope. And it just it, it feels like every move the Preds have made – has made this team worse. Every one of them.
3: Yeah. I mean, that's that's just a sobering stunning statement to make, but yeah, I mean when when you put it that way, it's certainly tough to argue. I mean, yeah, it it feels like either at the time it was made, it was it made the team worse, or it has played out that way. Now I go back to and I go back to the PK Subban move.
0: I, absolutely, I think that was the moment that this team completely fell apart. I, I think PK Subban was the he was at some point or in some way the glue that held that team together. I, I think and you could kind
3: of make a parallel between Suban in the Predators locker room and maybe Ozuna in the
0: Braves. Yeah, that's a that, that's a fair comparison. It's just it's and it's frustrating because you know PK was one He was hated by everybody in the league. I mean, you love to hate the guy if he's not on your team, Mm -hmm. which just made you love him more if he's on your team. Should. An an offensive threat from a defensive player, a guy who could give you some points either with assists or goals, but also – led your defense and ever since suban has been gone this team has been absolutely awful on defense and it's made Pecarina look a lot worse than he is
3: yeah i mean he he is the <laughs> one who has suffered for it and and he's the one that's taken the blame for it i mean he it, lost exactly. his starting role for lost his starting role for virtually a, a year I mean from the middle of last year to you know a few weeks ago and and now you know the same defense that made Rene look bad has has pretty much done the same same thing to um UC Saros
0: Yeah pretty much uh they're the, the goalie situation is not as dire as some would lead you to believe. I think both of them are very capable goalies at the National Hockey League level. I've said that from the get-go. Especially with, with, with a decent
3: time. defensive unit in front of them. Huh?
0: But when you've got guys who are consistently in sight lines – You've got guys who are playing defense who aren't getting back. And the fact that we just can't handle the puck. We've got two players on the team who can handle the puck consistently instead of playing dump and chase. And I hate dump and chase hockey. I hate it with a passion. Because all you're doing is giving your opponent the opportunity to take just position the of the puck. And and you can't <laughs> score.
3: You can't score sense. without the puck, you know. That's correct. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not a huge hockey fan, but I, I have kind of grasped that one. If you don't have the puck, you can't score.
1: You don't have to know the rules of um, offsides to know that, right, Mo? Yeah, so exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. I, I pretty well got that one down. <laughs> can't score without the puck. So
0: I, the only one that I haven't figured out is where. Where is the cutoff for icing? Is it your blue line, or the opponent's blue line, or is it center ice? I don't know the cutoff for icing. Uh, I know I, I know offsides. I got that one. That one's pretty easy.
1: The cutoff but, for icing, it's yeah. um, it's two uh, two red lines. So the center line. Gotcha. And then the right. the goal line at the other end. The next red. Yeah. Gotcha. No, no. I so it has to pass two. Correct. Gotcha. Icing is a two red line foul.
0: See, now I know. There you go.
1: All you had to do was ask.
0: But you, but you can. The team who who sends the puck down can stop icing if you beat the puck, right?
1: That's correct. If they get down there before, and the official can also call it before it passes if it's assumed that no one is going to get down there just to save a little time um, and to, and to save a potential injury of sometimes chasing after something that there's no need to.
0: Well, that that's certainly what we need to do is give officials more discretion.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Insert sarcasm. <laughs> especially, especially,
0: especially hockey officials. They, they definitely need more discretion. Oh Lord. Uh, did you, speaking of, Of discretion from officials did Did you see who whomever it was who injured? I think it was it Ellis Ron Ellis who was injured. Uh, Whoever it was got the five thousand dollar fine, which is the max allowed under the CBA for the hit on that that caused the injury. But Alex Ovechkin also got one for uh, cup checking a. Pink, Pittsburgh Penguin the other night. <laughs> well, Who does fun. that? Uh, well, <laughs> the, the guy the guy pushed Ovechkin. Ovechkin just said, "Cup check." <laughs> 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 got got fined five k for
1: it. Made a call to the former <laughs> Lakers uh, GM, right?
0: Ah,
3: nice, <laughs> nice, Mitch Cup check. I I think that that particularly foul should be penal. You should be able to penalize that one by more than five.
1: Get some penalty box time.
3: No, I mean get in somebody's wallet a little deeper. than five ah. k. That's that's
0: come on. Now. Especially Ovechkin. What's, the, what's well, that yes. like?
1: Cup pocket change. I, I was <laughs> gonna say, is five, Do they even notice five k? I don't. Probably not. Probably not.
0: Not, not him. <laughs> he man. certainly doesn't. I just thought it was interesting. <laughs> that is. Um Switching gears because uh, it's frustrating talking about the Preds. Um, like this is going to be less frustrating. Uh, this will not be frustrating because I'm happy for the kid. Look, I, ever since we, we met him at you know at the Hank Aaron Stadium, the the Minority Baseball Prospects All Star Game, mm-hmm. just a really solid young man. And whatever he decides and is, I'm so happy for this kid, Caden Martin, son of T. Martin. Uh, has committed to play baseball at Miami with the opportunity to play football if he's not drafted in the major leagues. Now, it's more likely than not that he's going to be drafted. This kid is a serious talent on the baseball diamond. Uh, so I don't know that he'll ever play football anywhere in college. But the fact that Josh Hypel made no contact with this young man, zero contact with a ball for life legacy is absolutely inexcusable. You don't even, you, you hadn't called the guy you hadn't, you made no effort whatsoever to even ask the kid, would he be willing to come to Tennessee? He lives in Knoxville. He plays at Catholic. You, his dad is a national championship winning quarterback and yet you can't pick up the phone, shoot him a text.
3: I uh, I I think that his dad was also the former receiver's coach, probably entered into that whole thing somewhere. I, I have to I have to hope it does because it makes more sense if that's what complicated the situation. Otherwise it makes absolutely none. I don't know. Maybe he thought he was going to go baseball. <laughs> I don't know what his um, recruitment situation was with the Tennessee baseball program. There, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts here, but I, I feel like your basic premise is spot on. I mean, how do you not make the phone call? I mean, who were, I mean, who, who, who were you said, busy calling lose, instead, you know?
0: Maybe T said, lose my number and don't call my kid. Okay.
3: I can't I can't see I'd that be okay in the that. case, but but and and obviously we're not going to know, but I think even if that is the case, I th- I I think I would rather make the phone call anyway and run the risk of upsetting T if that were the scenario than not make the phone call and have everybody upset because you didn't.
0: Uh, I, exactly I, I think you at least say hey you're probably going to play baseball if you do play baseball tennessee we got a spot here for you on the football team if you want it yeah that's all you had to do that's it but caden is going to miami where he will play baseball and will succeed at baseball um, <laughs> and he might get a chance to play football
1: you know another another angle to this you know Perhaps there were some conversations between Heipel and the baseball coach. Or maybe there weren't any because of the McDonald's handbag trolling the football program. Perhaps there's a little animosity between the football and the baseball program right now. And the idea of those two programs working together might be completely off the table. Who knows?
0: Well, why would Josh Heipel care?
1: about the baseball. I guess is my point. It's not like, no, about it's the, not like he about was the, McDonald's the one handing bags. Out the
0: Yeah. It's not like he was handing them out.
1: <laughs> well, I I would it's think not. he would care that a program on his campus is trolling his program regardless of whether Hypo was responsible or not. It's his program now. And so yeah. it happened while he was there and it, it you know I, I don't have it, it seems so odd to me. I mean, you know, I don't know if there's an inside joke to that amongst the baseball and football. Programs, I don't think so, and therefore it's disrespectful, you know, to a degree, right? And so, while, you know, Hypel I'm sure, had to feel a little disrespected, regardless that it wasn't him, but it's his program. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, as Shaggy says.
0: <laughs> All I know is that it doesn't matter. When a guy like Caden Martin has an opportunity to be on your campus, you take that chance. It shouldn't, uh, but we're
1: dealing it, with people with a big – Egos, big egos, out there. and um, based on what we saw with David White and how he operates, that he's extremely confident about his uh, ability. Danny White. Danny White. Here we go. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, I was like, who? Who, who did I say?
3: Yeah. You said David.
1: David. <laughs> David. David. Like, David. White. <laughs> Danny White. Um, uh, and then you know, Heupel's obviously a Danny White guy. I mean, you can't argue that fact the way that he came no. into position there. So, because uh, he's hired him twice now, uh, but I, I just I think there is a, perhaps an aura with those two at the head of the football program. We're going to do things our way with the people that we think, and and maybe not, you know, fall into the old, oh, you got to have a VFL person involved, or you, you know, so. Um, I think they probably feel that they are smarter than the VFLs out there. I think you got to be degree. careful. I think I you got to be
3: careful with that. And, and I, I agree. I, I understand everything you're saying, but I don't think you want to alienate.
1: I'm not saying he those. wants to. I think that may be what's happening. Um, and well, you've got to be smarter than that. I and agree. realize
3: that that is what's happening, or or head that off before it happens.
1: Uh, I, I just get the sense that they are going to try to carve their own path regardless of any affiliation to the program, in my opinion. And if it works, it works. But I don't. it ha- it better work or otherwise, you know. <laughs> there you go. Pitchforks pitch with, uh, you know, the big orange flame is going to be uh, walking up Rocky Top.
3: Well, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, if, if- – Danny At White least paintbrushes. If yeah. If if, ah, yeah. <laughs> if if Danny White and Josh Heupel would do a little homework, the last guy that came in with that I'm smarter than everybody else on campus was probably um Derek Dooley. And we see how that worked out. So
1: And, and you know, I don't want to come across as accusing them of doing that. That's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. Well, I mean, if it looks like that, though. Yeah, and then seeing some of these that, you know, it looks like there was some sort of um, riff or lack of, you know, getting out of the egotistical way to even consider a Caden Martin. It looks like it was a personal issue as opposed to, um, you know, what's best for the program. It, it comes across that way, whether it was or not. That's how it is perceived, in uh, at least.
3: I think bottom. Minus. I I think bottom line, you know, Caden Martin as football player is more of a look, anyway, and maybe high just didn't feel like even going down that road.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I mean, Caden is not going to be. He's not some five star. Quarterback, but uh, last time he recruited a five star quarterback, he went to Alabama. So, (laughs) neither here nor there. Although, although now that JSU's out of the OVC, I would have loved for him to have gone to Martin, but that's neither here nor (laughs) there. Oh, man. All right. We're going to come back and talk about the Atlanta Braves uh, on uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. So, stick around. It's going to be fun. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net.
1: Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. Welcome back into the show.
0: Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Real quick before we get out of here on this Thursday edition, uh, AAA baseball has pushed its season back thirty days. So,
3: thus rendering obsolete our we- our interview
0: with Doug Scopel from
3: about a week ago.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh man, oh, that was funny. Uh it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. So hopefully that will uh hopefully that will start at the new date and everything will go on as the rest of the season. Hopefully Major League Baseball will be in a position to get their players and personnel vaccinated and, and feel safe to uh, to resume play. So, yeah, alternate sites will be used a little bit longer than they typically have uh, or, or than they were planned to for this year. So not like it's anything new. We've seen alternate sites before. Yeah. So Atlanta Braves will kick off the season on the road. Is it in Philly first and then Washington?
3: Yes, it's in Philly first and then um, Washington.
0: So. Two warm weather
1: paradises there. Yeah, know how he feels about that, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we, we know. <laughs> we know. Hashtag we know. make it make sense.
0: Can't do make it. Make it make sense. Sent you a, a screenshot last night of a MLB suggested for you post on Facebook, which has Charlie Morton listed in the one spot uh, in the Braves rotation. Is there any chance that Charlie Morton starts on opening day?
3: (laughs) I'd hope not. I mean, I, I I think one of the things that makes Brian Snitker the manager that he is is loyalty to his players. And I can't see a free agent coming in there and starting an opening day over, over a guy like a Max Freed with what he did for this team this past year. Unless and I just this just kinda hit me. Unless by lining them up this way puts Freed in line to start the home
0: opener. I guess that's possible. Um <clears throat> I think I think more so what you're seeing here is the uh, right hand, left hand, right hand, left hand, right hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Morton, Freed, Anderson, Smiley, and Wright, you go right, left, right, left, right. Uh, so I guess that's possible. I
3: don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, I think it will definitely bear watching. I don't know that I've heard anything as far as who the opening day starter is out of you know, the Braves organization at this point. But, again, when you're opening on the road, then that's something that you have to take into consideration is who is your home opener starter going to be. And I just just can't see Freed not
0: being that guy.
3: But who am I and what do I know?
0: Exactly. I'm pumped because this lineup is fantastic. Ronald Coonan Jr., Ozzy Albies, Freddie Freeman, Marcelo Zuna, Travis Darno, Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, Christian Pache. It's just going to be a lot of fun to watch this season. So make sure you are listening on WKRM, where the Braves play. Uh, yeah. Thanks for listening to the show today as well. It is. Just about there. We've got a minute left, and we appreciate you guys down at WZyx in Franklin County for hanging out with us every Tuesday and Thursday. If you want to hear the rest of the show, it's on the Eagle Radio's um, website. You can listen to the podcast there or on sm-tnsports.com. Wherever you get your podcast, just search sm-tnsports today. We will be happy to uh, listen to whatever you have to say. If you want to shoot us a message on Twitter, we appreciate that at sm underscore tn sports. So again. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on the show. SM-T and sports.com with plenty of high school basketball coverage tonight. Make sure don't forget that. We'll be back tomorrow on WKOM 1017 FM. For JP Plant and Mo Patton, I'm Chris Yao saying stay cool, Columbia.